Good morning and welcome to Blueprint for Wealth. I'm Wayne Zell, your host of this fast-paced half hour of special topics and special guests designed to help you realize your personal dreams of wealth and freedom. So sit back with your cup of coffee, but if you're driving, just listen to the radio as you drive along and we'll talk about special topics of interest in estate planning, tax, business planning, and other areas, including the special guests who bring their special spin on what they've done as entrepreneurs, business owners, financial advisors, and the like to tell you about their story, which is is always an interesting addition to our knowledge base to find out about other people and how they achieve success. Blueprint for Wealth is brought to you by Odin Feldman and Pittleman, a full-service law firm located in Fairfax serving the entire D.C. metro area with clients all across the country. If you'd like to know more about us, visit us on the web at ofplaw.com. And I also invite you to subscribe to my blog at blueprintforwealth.org, where you can find video, audio, and articles of interest on tax, estate planning, and business planning topics of interest. And lastly, please read my column in the Washington Business Journal every month entitled Blueprint for Wealth. Today, we're going to be talking about a checklist of things that you need to be aware of and you need to do when you start up and incorporate your business. Forming a new corporation or limited liability company requires careful planning and a number of key steps. So let's focus on that checklist of important issues to address. First, choose a corporate name or your LLC name. It's not easy because many names are already taken and some names may have trademark limitations associated with them. Check out the name, see if it's available at the Secretary of State in the state in which you in which you want to incorporate. That's the first step. Second, reserve it if it is available. Third, do a Google search and even do an online trademark search with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office to see if somebody is already using the name. And if they're not, try to reserve it and get up and operating as soon as possible. You may even want to trademark the name. Number two. Decide what state you're going to set up your business in. What state will you incorporate in? We've all heard that Delaware and Nevada tout their corporation-friendly state laws, but you may decide that the state in which you reside and will conduct your business primarily is the place that you want to incorporate. Number three, start having an attorney prepare the incorporation documents. Now, some of our clients prefer to do it themselves. And if you're going to operate a one-man band or a one-person band so that you're the only owner and you're really not going to ever have any other owners and you're just trying to achieve liability protection, you may be able to do so on your own using one of the online services. It usually means preparing articles of incorporation or articles of organization. For corporations, you also need bylaws, and you'll probably need to have organizational minutes or resolutions of your board of directors and your shareholders. You also will need a stock ledger, which records the issuance of stock that you're going to make upon opening the company, stock certificates for corporations, and more. Number four, File your Articles of Incorporation or Articles of Organization for LLCs with your Secretary of State in the State of Incorporation. It's required to officially start your business and achieve limited liability protection. Number five, determine the right capitalization for your company. You may want to make sure that you've adequately capitalized the company to ensure its success. 
I'm not only talking about the number of shares you're going to issue to yourself or other shareholders on incorporation. I'm talking about how much money you should permanently devote to the capital of the company. You need to consider the capital needs of the company and do it through a well-thought-out business plan and even financial projections. It doesn't have to be sophisticated. It doesn't have to be acceptable to third-party investors unless you're going out and selling stock to those investors. It needs to be well thought out for yourself because whenever you open a business, you don't just want to do it and not really know where you're headed. A business plan is a direction in which you're going to be heading, and it gives you the ability to focus on achieving goals and a strategy to achieve those goals. The capitalization that falls out from that says, I need to have a certain amount of capital permanently devoted to the business so that I can continue to operate if revenue is not coming in and continue to pay my expenses. Number six, once you've determined the right capitalization and your capital structure, and going to an attorney and an accountant will be helpful in this regard, issue stock to your shareholders and make sure that you comply with the securities laws when you're doing so. When you sell stock to a shareholder, you have to be aware that anytime you do that, even if it's a small company, you have to comply with state and federal securities laws. There's an overriding provision of securities laws that says your sale of stock must be done in a way that you've disclosed all the material facts relating to your business and you haven't omitted any material facts when you're making those disclosures. As long as you do that and you basically articulate what the risks of investing in your corporation are, then you will have complied with federal securities laws and you'll avoid liability under the anti-fraud statutes. A good corporate lawyer can help you navigate through the stock issuance process. If you're just issuing the stock to yourself, you don't have to be as cognizant of these laws. But anytime you're issuing stock to a third party, you definitely need to be aware of it. Number seven, if you're going to have more than one owner or more than one shareholder, you need to think about and very seriously think about whether or not you need a shareholders agreement for a corporation or an operating agreement for your company, limited liability company. On top of that, you may, in addition, need a buy-sell agreement. These agreements regulate corporate governance among the shareholders in terms of what decisions they may or may not participate in. They also deal with what happens if you die or become disabled, or another shareholder dies or becomes disabled, or if they leave the employment of the company, or if you can terminate them for any reason or for cause, and what your rights are as the majority owner of the company vis-a-vis the minority owners of the company. So these are really important agreements that need to be entered into if you're going to have two or more shareholders or owners. In a corporation, make sure you have a corporate minute book. Now, various corporate actions require documentation. In a corporation, you're going to have shareholders and a board of directors. There are some exceptions to that rule for close corporations in certain states, but the general rule is shareholders have to vote on certain actions and board of directors have to vote on virtually all material actions affecting the company. The board is comprised, perhaps, of the same people who are the shareholders, but they are separate and distinct from each other. The board is charged with operating the day-to-day business of the company. 
And directors owe a fiduciary duty to the corporation and to the shareholders to act prudently with loyalty and with care in operating the business of the company. So in having a corporate minute book, you will document the minutes and consents and the resolutions of the board of directors and also the shareholders. And you'll keep that on uh, display and available for shareholder review from time to time. Next, number nine, elect the officers of your company. Depending on your state, you may need more than one director. So the shareholders elect the directors and the directors turn around and elect the officers. In most states, states, one person can hold more than one position. So if you're the sole shareholder and you're the sole member of the board of directors, you can also serve as the president and secretary and treasurer usually of your company. You may appoint a non-shareholder or a non-director in an officer capacity. It happens all the time, and as the company gets bigger, that's the norm. Next, don't forget to get your state and federal ID numbers. The federal tax ID number can be obtained online generally or by fax. But in the state, you may have a specific registration number, and you'll have to fill out certain forms, or your attorney or accountant can assist you in filling out these forms to get these numbers. Number 11, and very important, a lot of people forget about this, is determine if you need any special licenses for your businesses. State, federal, or local rules may require your business to get a special business license. For example, if you're going to do engineering, you have to get a special license. If you're going to do construction of any kind, commercial or residential, you have to get certain types of contractor's licenses in order to do business. Next, number 12, set up your corporate bank account. You could do it where you personally bank, or you may want to do it at a separate institution. But you always need to have a separate bank account, separate and apart from your personal bank account for your corporation or your limited liability company. This is important in observing the formalities of your business, and it's important in avoiding creditors from trying to pierce through your corporate veil to go after your personal assets. So having that corporate bank account set up in the corporate name with resolutions adopting the bank as the depository company are really important steps in setting up your company. Number 13, if you're going to hire employees, make sure you have all of the forms and agreements for them. For example, one of the things that people forget is that every time you hire an employee, they have to fill out an I-9, which is from the Department of Immigration, and it discloses whether or not they're U.S. citizens and provides evidence of their citizenship. In addition, the agreement might include an at-will employment letter or employment agreement saying that either the employee or the employer can terminate the business relationship at any time. It should include a confidentiality and invention assignment agreement. This will ensure that any intellectual property that you have the employee develop for you as the employer in connection with their job will be owned by the company. And lastly, an employment application giving you permission to conduct a background check and anything else that you need to do. Last, consider electing S-corporation status, which will be the subject of another radio show in the future. If you've got questions about incorporating your business or setting up a limited liability company, call us at 
218-2100. I'm Wayne Zell, and you're listening to Blueprint for Wealth.